first survived COVID. Many people died, but we made it by his grace. We are all candidates of death, but somehow the Lord covered us with his blood and we are alive. And now that we survived, we must serve the Lord. We must serve him with all our might, with all our resources and everything. So I thank you. Uh, and I also want to thank, to thank David uh, Novak and Yvonne. You've, you've done a great, they're keeping me well and they're feeding me greatly. I'm, I'm already putting on some weight <laughs> for this one day I've been with them. They're good friends, but I've met them before. Uh, would you stand up, maybe if you can, so that people, do, do people know you? Aha, uh -huh. <laughs> David Soke, David. Yes, they've been good friends and the Lord knitted our hearts together. So thank you very much for looking out to me. Uh, right, let's go to work now. Oh, yes. Uh, I am a writer also. I've written books, about uh, now eight books. And uh, I just carried a few. I didn't carry all the eight, but I've just uh, carried with me uh, one title here, How to Build Your Winning Belief System. It's a very good book that will guide you to uh, build a winning uh, belief system. Some people just don't know how to win in life. Uh, all they know about is failure or do certain, but you, it's something you can build in your life. You know, having positive thoughts and, uh, and uh, you know, having those good ideas within you is something that you can build so that you can change your life. The way you think is very important because that's how you are going to be. And the Lord cannot work with you beyond what you know or what you think. So when you change your belief system and build it very well, then the Lord will find it easy to work with you. So that book is here. Uh, there are a few books about slaying your giant. Everybody's fighting. How many people are in, in the fight? You know you are here, but there's a fight going on. And so like you're fighting a giant. Unfortunately, I just carried a few copies because you know they can be heavy. And uh, I don't want to put a price on them for any gift. Just pick a copy because uh, that will help both of us. God bless you so much. Right, uh, Father God in heaven, I want to thank you uh, for this morning. Thank you for the opportunity that you've given me to stand before your saints, the Lord. Father God, you anoint my tongue that when the word comes out, we'll be able to change and transform us, O oh Lord. We're waiting eagerly to see uh, your word working in us. Would you change? Us, O oh Lord, but also heal and deliver those are tormented and suppressed by the enemy. That by the time we end this service, may everybody will be free and free indeed, because whom the Son says free is free indeed. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Let it be stronger and stronger in us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Right. Uh, we thank God for the era we are living in, the time we are living in. It's such a challenging time uh, for, for everybody, everywhere in the world. There's a big challenge going on, both spiritually, economically, and uh, in many ways. Everybody seated here, you're going through some challenges. And uh, uh, pastors, bishops, leaders, political leaders, countries are going through you know, terrible times, wars, economic wars, uh, religious wars, and so many things are going on. But where 
is the church's position at this time? What should the church do? Or what can the church do at this time? We need to know our position and we need to know what God wants us to know. It's very important because that will guide us, that will help us to be victorious in this time because in all things that are happening, the church must be standing out. The Bible says when the devil, when the enemy, you know, comes in like a flood and raises the dust, the Lord will raise a standard over his people and the church must be up here. When the world is here struggling, the church must come up, must rise up with that standard of the Lord. Somebody say amen. amen. And that's where, that's where we need to be. That's where we need to be. But we need to be prepared. We must be ready. We cannot be lazy. We cannot be confused like the world is confused. We cannot be, you know, uh, looking for solutions here and there. Our solution, our help comes from above. And we must be ready to fight. The New Testament doesn't leave us in doubt whether we should fight or not. We are asked to be dressed like soldiers. When you look at Ephesians 6, chapter 10, uh, the, uh, you know, up to uh, chapter, I mean to verse 18, it talks about be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and be ready, you know, be dressed, be dressed like a soldier. Now, when you look at this portion of scripture of Ephesians 6, it's like it doesn't fit the New Testament because it talks about, uh, you know, putting on the, 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 the bait of truth the helmet of salvation, the, 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 the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, the, 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 the shield and the shoes. Now you will see this soldier ready to fight. But we don't see these kind of wars in the New Testament, like in the Old Testament. You know, you look at the Old, the Old Testament and you see wars and fights. You see Goliath, you see uh, the Amalekites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, you know, when the scripture, if this scripture was in the Old Testament, it would have fit very well. But now it's in the New Testament. You don't see the Goliath in the, in the New Testament. You don't see the Amalekites. You see grace, you see peace, you see, you know. But let me tell you something. The world just changed. The world tactics just changed. Why should we be dressed as though we are living in the Old Testament? Because there are some wars going on that seem to be invisible. And the church must be aware of these wars. They are still Goliath, but now he's not physical. He's in the spirit. And we must be dressed in order to remain standing. There are many Christians today that cannot stand the test of the time. But we need to be dressed and ready to go for war. And only the strong ones will stand. Jesus said, from the days of John the Baptist, uh, you know, up, up, up today, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and only violent people will take it, and they will take it by force. If you are a wishy-washy kind of Christians, they sorry, we are going to leave you behind, but you don't want to leave anybody behind. Get ready. Get ready to fight and let us go forward and let us take the kingdoms of the world until they become the kingdoms of God. Yeah. And that is your mandate and that is mandate and we need to do it and there's no time. There's no time. We need to do it now. The best time to do this actually was yesterday and now, not tomorrow. Did you hear that? 
What was the best time? Yesterday and now. Don't say, don't just push it. Don't push it forward that, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow, I'll do this, I'll do that. No, it was yesterday and now. So if you didn't do it yesterday, do it now. And we must get ready and we are going to advance into the enemy's camp and things must change. The name of the Lord must be, you know, uh, praised in this land. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let us open the book. Of, do you have the Bible on our screens? Okay. Can you uh, give me uh, the book of Jude? Jude, uh, chapter, of course, it's chapter 1 and verse 22. Jude 22. And on some have compassion, making a difference, making a distinction. You are meant to make a difference. Can you tell your neighbor what they're supposed to be doing? Making the difference. Yes. And somebody made an acronym out of it. Making a difference, which is MAD. Tell your neighbor, you must be MAD. Don't worry about it. It's coming out of making a difference. <laughs> anyway, we are MAD for Christ. People accuse us of being MAD. Yes, that's true. David, are you mad? Yes, I am mad, but for Christ. Because I am making a difference in my time. I'm making a difference in my community, making a difference in my country, making a difference even here in Britain in Jesus' name. Make sure that we are here. We must have compassion, but also making a difference. If we're Christian and we're not making any difference, remember the, the, the best time to have done that was yesterday and now. From this day onwards, make sure that you are making a difference. Verse 23 says, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the life, or, uh, I'm sorry, out of the fire. We must be on the go, pulling out people from the fire, from hell, saving them from hell, saving them from the troubles of life, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh teaching them the truth about Christ and saving many. I have a friend of mine who is a great evangelist in Uganda, and he says, uh, I don't know how he's going to do that, but that's his pledge to the Lord. He says, I'm going to change this scripture. I said, which, which, which scripture? That the way that leads to, to destruction is big and wide. And then the, the way that goes to life is narrow. I'm going to preach the gospel until I narrify the way that goes to destruction and enlarge the way that goes to life. And he's restless. He's preaching the gospel, going to places, preaching the gospel. I like the commitment that he has on his heart. I think this is what we need to do, making a difference, but also snatching souls from hell and bring them into the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. I've had my pastor here talking about revival. Revival, this is the time for revival. There's no other time. There's no other time that the church needs to be revived, but also reaching out to the lost souls 
and save them from destruction, from troubles, and many other things. Praise the Lord. Now, this cannot just happen. Revival cannot just happen. The church must wake up. I think we are living in times when the church is hibernating and hiding away from truth. And we seem to be embracing the world and we are like kind of conformed to the world. Everywhere you go, the enemy is advancing on a very dangerous speed. And Christians seem to be suppressed. And we seem to be closing ourselves in these rooms, enjoying the music, enjoying the worship and the word of God and fellowship. But outside there, it's no good. If it's time for revival, the church must wake up. I'm here to charge you that wake up. Britain, wake up. If you read the times, the times you are in and the things that are happening in your country, wake up. Can you touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you need to wake up? When you read at the politics, where things are going, economically, politically, and things happening, the church needs to wake up. And this is the time. What was the best time to do that? And... Very important, very important. A country can easily slide into the enemy's hands just like that. Now, if you look at the, at, uh, uh, the uh, attack now, in St. Paul's time, Taka was 99% Christians. The seven churches we're talking about in Revelation were in Take. And the Lord was moving mightily. But somehow these churches got into fear. They knew that Christ was returning soon. And therefore they closed themselves in the churches, worshipped God in fear. Remember, we are not given a spirit of fear. Because they thought they were going to be killed outside. And as they closed themselves inside, the enemy advanced outside. Now, Jesus did not send us in the church. He sent us outside. He sent us to the wolves, not to the saints. So they closed themselves inside, and the enemy advanced. And all of them started dying one by one. Until this day, that the Muslims have advanced to the level of being 99. Now, where are the seven churches of Revelation? And you think we are far from that? It's happening now. God has given the privilege to, uh, to walk around your country. But also, where our church is in, in Kampala, where our church is, is uh, in a, a, a place predominantly occupied by Muslims. They are very intentional in what they're doing. But the church seems to be not intentional. 
we are preaching evacuation messages. Evacuation message. Jesus is returning soon. He's coming soon. Yes, he's coming soon. I have no doubt about it. He's coming soon. But there are two ways. Jesus, I don't know what, what way Jesus calculates his time. But the Bible says one day is a thousand years before God. And what is a thousand years before God? One day. And he says, I'm returning soon. Now it is 2,000 years since, since Jesus left. So now, now Pastor now is, is trying to calculate for us. I don't know, is he using 1,000 years for two days or two days for 1,000 years? The point is, from what I see now, because Paul also thought that he's returning that soon, but depending on which kind of uh, 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 mathematics he's using. He said, the dead will rise first, and then we who shall be alive will also join him in the air. Now he's gone while Christ is not here yet. So it seems Christ is using 1,000 years, one day. So Jesus has just spent two days in heaven. Whereas we need to be prepared for his return, he said these words, occupy. So our preaching should be occupational until he comes, not evacuating. Because when you preach evacuation, it means we are going to do nothing. We are going to give up. The church, in uh, the seven churches of Revelation, preached evacuation, and then they forsook all the work outside. And they, our friends preached occupation, and now they're occupying everywhere. And they're occupying every sphere of influence. And the church is nowhere. We are not in politics, we are not in education, we are not in business, we are, we, we are not in media, we are not in sports, we are, we are nowhere. We are just inside our buildings, hiding away. And let me tell you, the currents that transforms a nation is influence. If you give up your influential positions, you are finished. If you give our influential positions in, name of, in the name of economics, in the name of this and that, we are also, not, we are not only giving out our influence to them, but because their intention, they are also introducing their gods into our nation. And when these gods are introduced into our nations and we are doing nothing, the Lord forsakes us, and then we will be punished. And that, is, that may take hundreds of years if the church con continues to be asleep and negligent of the things happening. I'm here to charge you. Wake up. It's no time to sleep. We need to be vigilant. We need to pray. We need to seek the, the face of God. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? Pray and seek my face and forsake the wicked ways. Four things. He says, I'll do the three. I'll hear from heaven. 
I will forgive, but also heal the land. People are called by my name. We are his people, called by his name. We must rise. We must rise. And demons are ruling over now, but let me tell you, you cannot overcome the power of a demon. If you, you, cannot, if you cannot overcome the power of your belly, you cannot overcome the power of a demon. We need to seek the Lord through prayer and fasting. Come and clap for that if you want. The Lord has sent me to places that are really dangerous. And particularly where our church is, like I told you, it's predominantly Muslim. But we, nobody could start church where our church is. Many pastors tried to come and evangelize. It's, it's close to, it's in the suburbs of Kampala, but everybody failed. And then when the Lord sent me there, I said, oh my God, I looked for the history. I moved around the area through the villages. And I could see witches everywhere. There were witches that were worshipped. Idol worship and witchcraft of every kind, strong witch doctors. And we started praying. We fasted. We have a prayer mountain in the vicinity. We went up there and sought the face of the Lord and we prayed. Now, shrines started to burn. The witch doctors, some of them got saved. Others died, others evacuated the place. Amen. We made a crusade, and there was a witch doctor who was convicted, but who wasn't very sure about the God I was talking about. So he brought his witches and said, if you burn all things for me, because I am tired of them, you're talking about there's a greater God than this? I said, yes. If you burn them and nothing comes to you, then I'll believe in your God. And this was in the public when everybody has, had gathered together. I said, okay, this is nothing. Demons, that's nothing. That is my daily work. So they brought the witches and I just put them on fire. So they were waiting for me to go like, uh, then fall off. Nothing up happened. Of course, I did not die. Others wouldn't be seeing me here. And that touched many witches. I said, if this man can burn the things in the name of his God, then we need his God. As I speak right now, I don't know how many churches now in, uh, in our area, but I think now they've risen from, uh, from one church that we started to now about over 100 churches in the whole area. And one of the witches became a pastor. Is now ministry. And we did, non we did non stop. We did non stop. There's another sheikh. Sheikh. His wife got com converted. He got annoyed at me. He almost attacked me. But I used to visit them and pray for them. He said, Pastor, I really hate you, but. But some, I don't know, I, I love you, but I hate you at the same time. But when you begin to pray, when you begin to pray, I feel goodness. 
But I don't like the way you end your prayer because you end in the name of Jesus. That's, I don't want that. I said, it's okay. It's only Jesus. Just allow me to end because I cannot change that. Love the prayer, but also love Jesus. He will change things for you. And of course, he was going through a lot of trouble and healthy, healthy you know, problems, and the Lord healed him. He's now born again, and his children come to our school. And our school is a Christian school, and we teach kingdom values. And now we don't teach Islam, we teach Christian, and everybody's aware of that. So we have two of his children. We, of course, he has two, and they're in our school, and he's now a committed Christian. Recently, I'm just giving you this testimony that when we continue to pray, God will visit the place. And when God visits the area, visits your country, things will begin to occur. And God is visiting Muslims. Jesus himself is visiting them. Maybe you've heard this story in Egypt. Uh, this uh, uh, woman accepted Christ with her children. And the husband said, I'm supposed to, be kill I'm supposed to kill you. But somehow I can't. But I'm going to do something. So he took them in the desert, you know, dug this hole, and put them inside and buried them alive. And he left. They immediately had covered them. Jesus showed up. And removed the soil. And told them which direction they should go. But this cannot happen when the church is not praying. When we continue to pray, Jesus will visit our countries, will visit our areas, our city. Brad, this is Bradford. Yes. And things will begin to happen. Now, recently in our church, close to our church, there's a mosque. When you come over, you see a mosque just, you know, against our church. They've just built it just to provoke us. I said, okay, this is a good war. We can, I can fight this. I told you the New Testament tells us to dress like soldiers. You must be ready for war. Now, this is not a carnal war. It's not a physical war. But you are in war whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. You may pretend it's not there, but you are going through something, and you need to fight. Now, this mosque is against us, and uh, they put this thing, and the, the speaker it comes straight into church. <laughs> and our school. And we know what they are doing. But recently, one of the sheikh, most influential, studied in Saudi Arabia for many years. Very influential. He understand all the things of Islam. He came to, uh, to lead prayers. But he felt so weak. He felt so weak that morning that he, in the middle of the prayers, he slept. And when he slept, a man came to him in radiant clothes. He says he had golden hair, kind of, and spoke to him. He said, how long are you, going, are you going to oppose me? From this day onwards, I want you to speak for me. And he knew, he tells me, he knew that was Jesus. And told him, Follow me. Stand up and follow me. He's now sleeping in the mosque. So you have to go around the corner to come to our church. And he brought him in a dream. 
to our church. And there's a gate, so the gate opened, and then it came to the church, and he saw people worshiping in white clothes. But he was outside. And this man told him, join them. So, in a dream, he saw the man again in the mosque. He told him, you, when you go there, you find a man. The man you find there will speak to you. Do what he tells you to do. Because I've, 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 you go and tell him what you've seen, and he'll tell you what to do. So, I'm there standing. I was supposed to have left early in the, you know, early in the morning, but somehow I was head there. So, I, did, I see this man coming dressed like, you know, how they dressed. And, and he told me, uh, are you the pastor of this place? I said, yes. I think I need to see you. So he told me the whole story about it, what the Lord told him. But before that, when he woke up in the mosque, he told these other sheikhs about what he's seen. And they shouted back to him and said, these demons of Christians have visited you. This is wrong. This is wrong. Don't accept what he has told you. Those are demons of, of, of Christians. We need to sacrifice. We need to sacrifice. And we need to fast and sacrifice and repent. The demons of Christians have visited you. But the man, the, the, the conviction now he had didn't seem like this was a demon. And they told him, if you go there, never return here. And if we discover that you went there, you know what we do. Because when we are emultured, as they call them, they prove you're emultured, you've abandoned the faith, you are, you are, you know, you are apostate, kind of, from the, for Islam, they kill you. So this man comes, and he's dressed the way he, he, he you know, they dress, and he's convinced, and said, Pastor, pray for me. But this is, I don't understand this. I'm supposed to oppose you. I'm supposed to fight you. I'm not supposed to follow you. But I cannot resist the man that visited me. What must I do? I said, you must be born again. And he gave him scripture, long story. He gave, them the, he gave him scriptures in Acts and whatnot and read through. And they're so clear to him. But said, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? So long story cut short, I invited him back, but he didn't have any clothes, you know, like normal shirt or, <laughs> you know, he has only those ones because he was those radical ones. And as I speak right now, he's born again, but they're looking for him. They're looking for him. If they ever see him coming over, person will be in trouble. And they asked me, please, don't take me to the media, but pray for me, disciple me. Now, he has gone through the discipleship training school because you have the DTS, discipleship training school to prepare him. And we are doing it covertly. Because when we come in public like that, but I'm preparing him, one day he's going to come out and he's going to share to fellow Muslims. Amen. Come and clap for Jesus. But this comes because somebody is praying. Somebody is praying for God's visitation. 
when you pray for God's visitation, he will come and visit, and he will visit his people. God is real. Jesus is real. He said, my father works, and I work hitherto. Up this time, he's still working. He's still visiting. He's still healing people. He's still saving people. We must go out. We must go out and reach out to them. But we must be dressed. We must be prepared. Amen. We need to convert all these kingdoms until they, they become the kingdoms of God. Praise Jesus. I need to finish now. Thank you, Lord. Romans. What time I let me see the time I have. Yes, almost done. Is it half 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 eleven? Okay. <laughs> half eleven. I must finish. I want to respect the man of God. Half, uh, Romans 12 say, says, are we there? Romans uh, 12, verse 1. Paul writes and says, I beseech the brethren to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Yes. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable to God, which is your re reasonable service. You see this body? You know, when you think of the sacrifice in the Old Testament, they put it on, on fire. And then, of course, on the wood, and then they lit fire, okay, to burn it. Now, you and I are the sacrifices now that must be put on the wood. But the problem is, when they begin to lit fire, we run away. We feel the heat and then we run away. Say, oh Lord, I, I, I don't think I can, I can manage this. <laughs> now Pastor David comes and is preaching and says, give your bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh, you, I think I need to do that. And then you lay your body on the wood and then when they lit fire, also, you run away, keep running away. And therefore you keep doing nothing. I mean... If we are going to bring change in our nations, in the church, and in our cities, in our towns, in our nations, we need to remain there and let the fire be put on and don't run away. That means, we have seen people fasting and getting in the middle of the day and say, ah, maybe I can have ice cream or something. Then you, you feel it's burning, it's a really big sacrifice. And I've heard people say, but Jesus gave the sacrifice on the cross. Why do we have to do this? You know, you, give, you, bring, you tell your, yourself all sorts of things to discourage yourself. But we need to offer this body. I was telling people, there's something I always say, but Christians don't believe. They don't believe. Because in your country here, this spiritual battle seems to be invisible. But in our country, we go head on. We go head on with demons. And victory belongs to us. Amen. It belongs to Jesus, therefore it belongs to So, when you're in a city like this, there are evil forces that you, that you don't know. Prince Pike is ruling over. And they have evil priests sacrificing, and you're not aware. 
I was somewhere in Redford, and the Lord revealed to me a, a, a place where students used to kill themselves, commit suicide. But these are witches, bewitching these university students to come and shed blood in that place. And by doing that, they regain power over the city. And the Lord revealed to me. So we went there and prayed. And I told the pastors of the city to pray and fast with me. And now there are no more killings on that bridge. Now we have these churches, for instance, in our town here. But the Christians are too weak. When the evil, because we are two priests, the evil priests and the righteous ones. Whoever offers the biggest sacrifice will rule over the other. But don't be, don't, people don't believe that. They don't believe that. If they give a, better, a greater sacrifice and we offer nothing, then that's why you come to church and people are just sleeping. <laughs> They're always looking at the time. Uh, they're always, and when service finishes, we spend two hours in the tea room. <laughs> but the other evil priests are so intentional. And they're taking over our cities. And it's like we are operating under that satanic canopy of influence. No, you know, people hitting each other, just talking about the other and whatnot. As priests, we must rise. And the priest is not just the pastor, it's not me, all of us. We are called into holy priesthood. And a priest without an altar, a priest without prayer life is just a priest in name. You have no influence. But if you have influence, you come to the city and speak. When I enter my province, for instance, when I go back and I enter Entebbe Airport, because Entebbe Airport is my province, I declare that I am back. And when I'm leaving, I tell demons I'm going, but don't do nothing. And I speak that from, from within me, and I know, and I know it. Because I've offered my sacrifice unto the Lord. I say my prayers for my province. And your level of obedience will be your level of operation. Your level of sacrifice will determine your level of operation. If you are a past kind of priest that prays, Oh Lord, bless me, my wife and my two children, my son and my daughter and our dog, amen. That prayer cannot give you any influence in your town, in your city. You must go beyond. You must be an intercessor. You must spend some time on your knees, crying out to God, and then things will begin to happen. Maybe another time, if God gives us a good time, another time, I'll, 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 I'll come and teach how to take over cities. This city belongs to you. God planted you here. And we shall open churches. Some of you have been seated here for, I don't know for how long this church has been here. How long? 20 years. Three years. But you've been Christian for more than three years. Some of you just joined. You've been, more, you've been a Christian for 20 years. How many people have been Christians for 20 years? Ah. Ah. Pastor, we need to open up branches and send all these ones. We are going to take the city. We are going to send all these ones. 
and then we bring in new people, we train them and send them out. We bring in new ones and send them out. You cannot be seated here 20 years, Christian, and you are not a pastor. You can be a lawyer, you can be a businessman, and still be a minister of the gospel elsewhere. Let us be intentional. So, maybe another time I'll come and teach how to take over cities and our areas for Christ. Don't sit on your gift. Don't sit on the power that God has given you. The Bible says, as I finish the last one, it, say, it says in Matthew 9, 9, 8, 9, 8, if you put it up, just a simple scripture there, 9, 8. It says, and people looked at Jesus and they marveled unto God who has given. And now when the Matthew saw it, they marveled and glorified God who has given such power. Can anybody say such power? Now, how much is such power? Tremendous. Such power. To angels? To angels? To pastors only? To apostles only? To who? Such power. Don't sit on it. Don't just pray for your dog. Bless my wife and my two children and our dog. There's such power to heal and save nations and cities. How many people are ready to go? Stand, if you feel you're ready for that, stand up. I want to pray for you. We cannot sit back and see our nations taken over by evil and fallen gods. For those who can stand for politics, go and stand. Go and occupy till Jesus comes. Now, in our place, there are only Muslim schools. I started a Christian, strong Christian school. That mountain, we must occupy the mountain of education. For those who are politicians, go and occupy. Don't hide. Don't shy away. I've just come back from Nigeria, from Nigeria, and I prayed for my brother, brother there, my brother there, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. They had invited him for, you know, I just flew in, in Uganda one day and then come, come, came here. And he, he has been appointed, given a position of being the secretary of the nation. He's in the, the, the whole nation is in his custody now. He only answers to his principal leader, which is the president. And he, there's nothing like corruption in him. There's nothing. For those who can go and influence politics, go. For those who can go on the mountain, me and now I'm on the mountain of education. And I'm raising young people to go and occupy. I'm raising them. I've called it bank of young professions. I've called it bank of young professions. And I'm training them how to become politicians. We will not allow other people to come and lead us when our children are here. I'm training them and bringing them to become men of, and women of influence. Raise up your hands. Father God in heaven, I thank you for this amazing congregation. I sense the spirit of God in this place, Lord. And Father God, you can visit this nation. It's not too evil that you cannot visit. Britain has been known for sending missions out. We all knew about Christ through the missions that came from Britain. That cannot die. That cannot die. 
That's why we are sending us back into this nation, Lord. Speak to those thirsty souls, Lord. Use each and every person, beginning from our families, to our neighborhoods, to our villages, and then our cities. Father, I pray that you power your Holy Spirit upon these people. Transform them, change them, O oh Lord. Fill them up until their cup overflows. Anoint, anoint them, anoint them, anoint them with anointing to reach out. Heal the sick. If there's anybody here that came and sick, Father, I release healing. Both speech, uh, uh, in the spirit, soul, and body. There will be total healing because upon Mount Zion, there shall be healing. Total healing. Bless the pastor. Bless all the leadership of this church as we continue to take cities and our nation back into your hands. We come against every evil spirit, every foreign God that has been introduced in this nation. Father, we render those spirits powerless. Can you shout with me? We render those spirits powerless. We render those spirits powerless. We render those spirits powerless. From the top government offices, to the councils in our communities. Let your Holy Spirit hover over this nation and prepare it for the world harvest. Bless our pastor, Pastor Abe and the wife and all the ministers and everybody that has heard his voice. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Come put your hands together and thank the Lord.